Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Bill Zeller. Thanks for being on the show, Bill. Great. Hey, thanks for having me, Whitney. Appreciate it. Bill is the president of Park Capital Properties and resides in Asheville, North Carolina. As a multifamily real estate investor and syndicator, he founded Park Capital Properties in 2016 after 14 years of involvement in the real estate investments. Bill has been flying professionally for over 25 years. He has accumulated over 12,000 flight hours and seven jet top ratings. Bill is also the founder of, Ash- of the Asheville Multifamily Investor Club. So, Bill, uh, you know, give the listeners a little more about your background and, and you know, how you got into this business we call syndication. Yeah, absolutely, Whitney. Um, I've been involved in real estate probably for, like you said, a little over 14, 15 years. Started in a single family, like seems like most everybody does. Uh, did quite a few of the rentals, just kind of held long term with those. And then, you know, as the as everybody, I think, comes to the conclusion that's in it long enough, you realize there's a, an issue with scaling uh, single family homes. So, Kind of transitioned over to commercial, did some, uh, started with a, uh, like an office condo building and um, then, then got into the apartments and like I said, um, it just mathematically it worked out. I knew where we wanted to be and as a scalable full-time business, it, it made more sense. So you were doing single family, you know, and, and I hear it a lot where people are, are fearful of making that jump from the single family and saying, oh, you know, I can never, I can never purchase a 50 unit deal or a hundred unit. That just seems so far out there to them. You know, how did, how did you get over that hurdle from, you know, of that fear or, or did you have that fear at all from making that jump? Uh, you know, I think initially, I think everybody does initially, right? And it's kind of just you know, the fear of the unknown. You, everybody understands a single ha- family house because you probably own one, you live in one, you, you've been through the transaction, you know how it works. So, you know, the unknown is scary for for most people. But um, I spent a lot of time, you know, studying on it for you know, I'm, I do a lot of you know, reading, podcasts, seminars, been to, and everything I could to learn everything I could on the multifamily uh, side of it. And then also, um, I got a mentor several years back. Uh, to give you the idea of further, faster, um, big believer in that. Um, and that's that's really helped accelerate our path. But as your mind, sh- and the more we looked at these, the more comfortable we got with them, the more brokers we talked to, the more deals we went uh, and toured and we underwrote, the more and more comfortable you become with it. And at, at some point, you know, our first deal was over 200 units. I mean, so it wasn't, there wasn't, you had to do a fourplex, a 12plex, a 30. We, we understood the, con- we understood how the basics work on it. You know, had had good confidence in our numbers, our underwriting, uh, our plan, and like so, we had you know, in as far as um, advice from uh, you know the mentor I have and some other local people we have with lots of experience uh, in the market, also definitely helped for the uh, the confidence to just you know finally push through and get that closed. Nice. So I get the question a lot about finding that mentor, you know, and tell me about a little, maybe some due diligence somebody might, uh, so that they should think about and doing before they hire that mentor, pay all that money, or, or even maybe finding somebody local that's, that they don't have to pay a lot of money to. But what, what were things you thought of, or maybe things you wish you had thought of, you know, in finding that mentor? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question because I went through several, I had a list of several people and, and some of them are fairly familiar names. And for one reason or another, 
you know, I kind of checked them off as I was going down the list. Some hadn't, there were decent sized apartment owners, but they hadn't really done syndication. Other ones were specialized in just one geographical market. And the, the one I ended up going with was, I think, very important. He's currently actively doing it at a high level. So it wasn't somebody that had done it, you know, 20 years ago. And this is how it used to work. Currently in the business, currently has the contacts, you know, and, and just has a good feel for it. Like I said, they're, they're closing on large deals every quarter. So, I mean, they're, they're very active. And so great current knowledge, which gives you a lot of confidence in, in what they say. And I know a lot of his um, his other students, you know, that he has uh, helped have done, you know, phenomenally well also. So it's a, a good a good indication, I think. Yeah. yeah that's no, no, a great point. Go ahead. I was going to say that uh, Tony Robbins uh, quote, you know, success leaves clues. So, you know, you kind of, you don't have to reinvent the wheel as you're trying to implement this program. It's a great framework for it. And, you know, you just need to do, do your part, but you don't have to start from zero. Great. So let's let's talk about that that first deal. It's very impressive that it was over 200 units. I don't. I think most most people can't say that they're you know that first apartment syndication was over 200 units. So uh, obviously you know you must have had a good coach or mentor or team and uh, had some confidence uh, that you could make that happen. But uh, tell us a little about that deal or and uh, you know elaborate a little bit and and we'll dive in. Yeah, absolutely. My business partner, uh, Richard, and I were uh, been looking in uh, Atlanta. We like, you know, the Southeast, uh, you know, Charlotte, Greenville, South Carolina, Atlanta, you know, Raleigh, in these areas. So we've been making trips down for months to meet the brokers, tour deals, get to know them. And as we actually were down looking at another deal that um, that day, and we just happened to get an email like the day before on another property coming across. So we thought, well, we'll just swing by and look at it when we're in the area anyhow. And we swung by and we happened to see, as we're driving through the property, one of the brokers we knew. And we're like, hey, I wonder if he's giving a property tour. So we kind of circled out, went to lunch, texted him. And uh, he said, yeah, come on back. Um, so we came back, got a tour of the property, got to talk to him, found out there was an uh, opportunity to preempt it uh, at a certain price, which was 58 a door. We went back, did our underwriting. We made the, uh, the numbers made sense. Can I stop you just a yeah, second? Yeah. So, so you said uh, preempted. So, you know, w- what is that? Listeners never heard that term before. W- what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it was an on-market deal. So instead of going all the way through the competitive process, getting call for offers, and then, you know, the next round, best and final, and you just keep going through that until somebody's finally awarded the price or the, awarded the property. And usually sometimes the price will, of course, jack up as people are in the competitive process trying to, trying to get it, at, you know, the best and final. They tend to ratchet up, or especially in a competitive market. So we had the numbers. We could stop all that. We just short-circuited. They, if they, we met their numbers, um, they would stop the active listing of it, and we would just go to close, which we did. That's what happened. Nice. So we were able to get out of the best of file in, in the competitive process altogether. Wow. No, that's that's great. And so you're actually looking at another deal. You're in the area. You you reached out to your bro. You just happened to see him. But it's neat how those things happen. And you just got to be ready for it, don't you? And ready to act. And if you all hadn't texted him and jumped out there, uh, it wouldn't have happened. Absolutely. I mean, that's we. You know, I try to stay in contact with him a lot, but it's it's the same thing. If we hadn't gone down and met them six months ago, this brokerage firm, and met all the brokers, and we w- we wouldn't have recognized him. We wouldn't know who he was. Just somebody standing out there. And so, yeah, it just it's funny how it does work out. But you know, the more effort you put into it, the more these things seem to work out as you as you go forward. So that deal, I guess, uh, tell us a little about the deal or how, you know, uh, you, two, how many units is it? Uh, 216 units. 216 units. And then, you know, tell us some things that uh, that happened during the process of acquiring that property. Uh, you know, maybe some some things that you learned that, that we all need to know going forward. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we we liked the property, like I said, from from the beginning. We were 58 a door. We knew um, another property just gone under contract. Uh, there was a few miles away in the same town, slightly older, three years older property for 73000 a door, unrenovated. Uh, so we knew we had a good cost entry basis for what we had. And then our neighboring property that shared a property line with us just to the east, it was renting their ones and twos were $200 higher per unit for renovated units. And their three bedrooms $450 higher per month than what we were, the current property was getting. So on all our underwriting, even in a $100 rent bump, uh, we can come in you know, below them. We can still offer competitive advantage for renovated units and we still can meet all our pro forma numbers. So we, we like the deal. Uh, There's a lot of upside. We saw it was happening in the area and it um, it made sense as far as uh, the acquisition part of it. So uh, what was your, how much uh, capital did you have to raise for this, for this property? Uh, just under 3 million. So about 2.9. And, and what did you, you know, tell me about that process, you know, raising for that first deal. Uh, you know, what did you learn? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny because it's, um, it wasn't as, straightforward. Everybody has in their own mind how it's going to work out. Uh, you know, of course, you have your list of friends and families. We had a, in both between the two of us, we had a fairly extensive list of people we thought would be uh, interested in the deal. And some of it was our initial key principle we had in the deal. He, you know, th- this guy has a lot of experience in the area, has been doing it for quite a long time. They have probably 5,000 units. Um, and we kind of followed, we had our initial, you know, deal structure. And they said, no, no, just make it simple. And he kind of changed the the breakdowns on it. And that wasn't, as we found out, uh, wasn't as enticing to investors, I'll say. Uh, it's, it obviously works for them. They've been doing it a long time successfully. But um, theirs was more of a, um, a 50-50 on the back end split, where traditionally it's more like 70-30. So that was it, was, it hit some resistance with some of the other people we had raising money for us also. But as it uh, as it plays out here, we will find out where this doesn't matter as much in a second. But um, we we were able to um, through again networking and the conferences. I was able to um, meet uh, up with uh, Neil Bawa there, which uh, was a syndicate uh, raises money for syndication. And we've talking. He liked the deal. We got along well, and um, he has an amazing network for for raising capital. So as it turned out, the capital raise turned into one of our easiest events. Through, through his network and the webinars we put on, it uh, went very smoothly at that point. And as soon as it solved that problem, which is where it becomes funny, as soon as we solved the equity raise problem, then our key principal backed out of the deal 14 days before closing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Right. We, we want to get into, into that and, and what happened there and how you solved that problem. But, you know, back to, on the capital raising portion, you know, if, if you haven't, if you hadn't been networking, if you didn't have somewhat of a network, you, you, you wouldn't have made the the deal happened, would you? I mean, if you didn't know Neil, if you didn't know somebody to, to connect you to him. Absolutely. Yeah. That was going to, going to events. I, I try to go to a lot of uh, real estate events like that, you know, you know, all over and, and try to stay active. Uh, we have our own club here and it just, it, you know, always, um, I think two of the most important things in this business is networking, always being out there, letting people know what you're, what you do, what you're looking for and, you know, how you can help other people too. It's, you know, it's a two way street. Uh, and the other part of it, I think, is, you know, a good business partner. I think those two things are, are critical in uh, becoming successful on a large scale in this business. I, I know networking is key and, and finding a good business partner is very difficult, you know, and maybe you can speak to that uh, before we get into that, the KP backing out, which is very interesting. I want to know how you fix that. But, you know, maybe give us a, a couple pointers on how to find that partner like you did that's, you know, that's so 
I mean, it's such a big part of your business, right? I mean, it makes or breaks most businesses. And uh, how did you do that? Uh, absolutely. And that was, again, through uh, through networking. Our local uh, RIA meetings here, um, I'd met uh, Richard maybe two and a half years ago at one of the meetings, and we talked and asked what he was doing. I was getting to multifamily at that time. And we kept talking, you know, over the months. And you basically have to have not only your personalities have to mesh, I think, uh, to make it a successful partnership. You spend a lot of time together, a lot of time talking and all that. But you also have to have, you know, uh, similar work ethics. You know, you can't have somebody that doesn't want to do much and somebody that does all carries all the weight. So you have to have people that, you know, are on the same page, have the same goals. We both had the same goals as making it a, um, you know, full-time career, leaving our W-2 jobs, all that in a, in a relatively short time frame, scaling the business large. So we all had, you know, the same path we were trying to pursue and, you know, get along well with each other and have similar, you know, work ethics. So I think that's really important. And, and just to know the, know the person and is, you know, key too. I, awesome. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it just on, you know, somebody you met on LinkedIn or something like that if you don't have any kind of real relationship or background with them. So getting into the, the KP backing out, you know, before you really dive in, tell, you know, in case the listener hasn't heard of that term, KP, you know, what is that? Uh, it's a key principle. And for the deals, and it'll vary necessarily why you'll need them. And sometimes it'll be an experience thing if it's your first deal or second deal possibly. And it can also be for the net worth requirement. Uh, and this particular individual brought for the loan we had, we needed to have a um, uh, minimum net worth uh, for the partners, uh, $15 million and $750,000 liquid. And this KP brought that with us. So we had all that covered uh, up until the day he backed out. <laughs> so that left us uh, scrambling a little bit to backfill that spot. But again, you know, what, you know, you have two choices, I guess, when something like that happens, you can either, you know, quit and go, well, nobody can blame me. We tried, you know, it's not fair. Or you can just push forward, you know, so we're not of that, the first mindset. So we definitely just pushed forward, you know, we sat down, we thought of everybody we know, uh, and then we narrowed it down to people we thought would be a good fit for us and our team. And we reached out to uh, several of them and uh, one of them stepped forward and, we're glad to have them on board. It was uh, a great addition to our team. It's a stronger team now for it. And uh, we're, it, it all worked out, but it, it took, you know, it took multiple calls, you know, dozens of calls, uh, lots of back and forth. And, but, you know, if you, if you're serious about it, you'll, you'll find a way to make it work. And that's what we had to do. I mean, just, there was, we had, you know, between Richard and I, myself, we had $200,000 hard at that point also. And it wasn't just the money, you know, lost that would still, you know, obviously hurt, but it's, you know, we don't want to burn a reputation with the brokers. You know, we promised them we could close um, and we're, we're going to find a way to close it. There's, there's always a way. You just have to, you know, be creative and, and continue to grind and, and you'll, you'll find a way. I would imagine there were some sleepless nights that happening. You said 14 days before closing? That's correct. Yes. Luckily, uh, we'd always, you know, write the contract. We always write in extensions too. We had to exercise another 15-day um, extension. So it basically bought us about 30 days. Uh, to backfill and then finish the capital raise and all that, but um, it, it still it was you know you can you're putting more money in in the deal than you're you're at that point you're kind of on the on the bubble about if it's going to uh, close or not until you can make sure you have somebody to fill that position. To exercise the extension, you you would have to put more money down. Is that or more money would go hard? That's correct. Yes, uh, all the money was hard already. Then we just had to continue each extension. We had two extensions built in, and each extension was another twenty five thousand each. So to uh, to exercise those. Okay, so end of the day was worth it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of a double edged sword. You're afraid if you don't, if you can't 
get it to closing, then it's more money you're going to lose. Exactly. That, yeah. That's exactly it. So, I mean, it's, it's going through your mind, you know, with all the doubts and, you know, with 14 days out and everything just basically fell apart on you and you've got to, uh, you know, still push ahead and, and still write checks and, and still get to the close. But, but we knew with another, I mean, another, not only, you know, the money loss, the reputation with the brokers, but also, I mean, the most importantly, we knew it was a good deal. I mean, I'd underwritten it. Uh, my partner had underwritten it. Uh, the KP initially, he'd underwritten it. Our debt servicer, uh, he underwrote it. And then I had always have a professional um, underwriter, you know, just check the numbers and he'll underwrite it too. So we had like five different people look at it. Everybody came out with it was a good deal. We liked our business plan. We knew the area. We knew the improvements. So we were we were confident this was the deal we needed to do. So we just, you know, found a way to to get it done. So how do you keep this from happening going forward? You know, what are some things maybe you've put in place, you know, for the next few deals or, you know, in your business going forward? How do you, how do you try to keep this from happening? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a great thing. I, as far as we never saw it coming because the guy was local. We'd known him for a couple of years. It was just uh, quite a, quite a shock to us. It wasn't somebody, again, we just, you know, met once, mm-hmm. like we, we'd had a relationship with, with this individual. So it was, was quite a surprise to us. But how we keep it from going forward is we have, I think now we have the right team in place. We're very confident in where we are in the Atlanta market between our property management company, people we have to raise equity for us, you know, the KP we used on this last deal. All the team, I think, is it's a, a better, stronger team that works well together. So we're, we have everything sorted out. It, it took a little time, but we have it all sorted out now. So we're, we're anxious to, you know, duplicate that process again because this time it'll be much smoother, of course, because... We won't have any last minute changes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking for the deal that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, things like that are just going to happen, aren't they? Also, I mean, you you can't. I was just like, I was surprised to hear that you had known that individual for a couple of years and you know had that relationship. I mean, I, I think most people wouldn't have seen that coming. Right. That, that's why it was a little bit more surprising. Like you said, you know, you you see him every every Korea uh, meeting, and <laughs> and it's just kind of a, a kind of a shock. We weren't we weren't prepared for it, but we did recover and. Like you said, it worked out like it's supposed to because now we have a, a stronger team and we're right where we need to be. And it's, um, it's going to be for, better as we move forward. So, so, Bill, you know, getting into the syndication business, what, what's been the hardest part of that process? Uh, maybe just the entire syndication process for you. I think it's what well, we touched on earlier, kind of the, um, the unknown. You know, as you're pushing forward, as you're trying to get, there's a lot of moving pieces, as you know, to trying to put it all together. And it's just, you know, you have the confidence from reading and people you can bounce ideas off that have done it before. But it's until you actually, you know, go completely through the process. And I, you know, I'm always big on reading and studying. And, you know, even from my other job, you know, we have to memorize, you know, large flight manuals. And I'm, the rote memory is one thing, but you learn so much more after you actually close your own deal than I learned in the, you know, the two and a half years of studying prior to that. <laughs> so it's, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. You can be as prepared as you can. And like you said, but it, it, things will come up, but you just have to, you know, adapt to them on the, on the fly. So I think probably that is just getting through your first deal is the hardest, the hardest process in that. And then afterwards, you, you've been there before, your team's in place. Um, the brokers know you can close. And it just, it's definitely it kind of builds momentum going forward from there. So what's some way that you've recently improved your business that we can all apply to our, our syndication business? On the, I would say um, the focus on uh, networking I, um, and, and I guess brand awareness also. I try to do a lot on, um, have like a monthly blog, have the Asheville Multifamily Investor Club meet up, 
try to do, you know, uh, podcasts and different things to try to get, you know, the name out there a little bit, but also is just the networking with, you know, people that, you know, are interested in, in my business. And I think that's the, the key to all of it is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a people business, not a real estate business we're in. So it's, it's really the people, you know, and the people you can help people that help you. It's, it's, I think what it's all about. Uh, Bill, what's the, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think it's um, just the, the, the grit or determination to, to follow through. Um, you know, if you, if you're confident and you know what you, you want to do and you have, you know, the background and the experience you've learned, you know, and, and I think that's it. You just got to keep pushing forward. There's gonna be a lot of setbacks. So like you said, there were a lot of sleepless nights on that, on that deal. Um, but it's still in the end, it was, it was massively worth it. And we're, you know, absolutely glad we, we kept going. Yeah. You're better prepared now for the future and for the next however many deals, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, that's uh, from uh, Ray Dalio's book, Principles. I loved his part in there, the line about, you know, it's another one of those. You know, at some point, nothing, you know, shocks you. It's just, oh, it's another one of those. We'll just deal with it. And that's, I think that's the attitude you have to have to be successful, that whatever comes, just, you know, think rationally and, and figure out a way to solve it. And there, like I said, there always is a solution. You just have to, you know, be creative and figure it out. So what are, uh, what are you excited about right now for park capital properties and, and moving forward? Uh, yes, uh, basically scaling. We're looking at um, lots, of, you know, lots of different deal flow. We're, we're definitely um, active in the Atlanta markets. Uh, we have a goal this year to close on uh, 800 units um, for 2019. So we're actively pursuing that. And it's just, you know, scaling the business um, is where, where we're, we're excited about. Like I said, we, we have everybody in place and we're, we're ready to go. And once we find the deals that uh, make sense on paper, we'll go take a look and uh, put that plan into action. Nice. Uh, what, what's your favorite way to, to give back? Um, well, and of course, I have, you know, local charities, our church, but then also um, from the real estate side of it, through the Asheville Multifamily Investor Club. Like everything we learn, Richard and I are very active in that club. We started it uh, about two years ago. And we like to, you know, anything we learn, we like to pass along to people who are trying to get started, either in the syndication side, the limited partner side of it. They want to buy a fourplex, whatever it is we can help. We, we try to speak at um, the meetings also, and we'll also bring in subject matter experts to dive deep into property management, mortgage brokers, something that, you know, that can just help the community grow. Nice. So, uh, Bill, uh, you know, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, But tell the listeners how they can learn more about uh, Park Capital Properties and, and get in touch with you. Sure, absolutely. Uh, our website is uh, www.parkcapitalproperties.com or you can email me directly. It's uh, bill at parkcapitalproperties.com. Great, great. Thank you again, Bill. And uh, I hope the listeners will reach out to you and, and connect. And I hope you all will go to LifeBridge Capital and, and connect with me and schedule a call and also join the the Facebook group so we can all uh, learn from experts like Bill and uh, grow our businesses together. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital. Making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 